Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio, and today we're bringing you a special episode just to honor some of our first responders. There's a lot going on in the Orlando area right now. Uh, We lost two officers due to a shooting, and uh, I felt that it was important to highlight some of our officers, our public service folks who are out there to keep us safe. And so this is an interview that I did with first responder John Sanchez. He is a good friend and a wonderful dad. And so I'm excited for you to hear about a little bit about what happens in his life as a hero. Here we go, guys. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey guys, how's it going? If it's your first time listening to us, then welcome to the show. My name is Corey. I am a husband and a father to three crazy kids under eight years old. And each week I get to talk to some of the most interesting wonderful people that I can find to help keep me going strong as a busy parent because that is what I am. Every day I get a chance to make food for my family to keep them healthy. I also get to train people as a personal trainer. And uh, every now and then I get to go out and talk to groups about incorporating a plant-based diet into their lives. Today's guest, we are honoring our first responders. And his name is John, John Sanchez. He's a wonderful human being and uh, proud to call him a very close friend. Uh, He and his wife live out in uh, South Florida now. They used to live in uh, closer to the Orlando area. And uh, when I did this interview, he was part of the Lake County Fire Department. But since he has moved to South Florida, we have still kept in touch. Wonderful guy. And um, I thought that with everything going on with our first responders, uh, we lost two amazing people uh, just this week. Uh, I thought we'd do a special episode. So this episode is number 99.5, I'm calling it, because uh, we're going we're gonna to hold off on our 100th episode for, for something really big, a huge announcement. Um, but for this episode, I just wanted to help everybody kind of hear what goes on in John's life. Uh, he's a, a husband, a father. Uh, a great dad to to multiple children, which you'll hear about, and uh, also uh, a wonderful firefighter. You know, when I was talking to him, he said that he performs CPR like twice a month, and uh, you know, respond responds to calls all the time. This guy runs into burning buildings just to keep us all safe, and um, we talk about all that. So enjoy the episode. Uh, love our first responders. Uh, much love to all of them out there helping us on a daily basis, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. All right, here we go. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Today we are talking to six-year paramedic and firefighter with the Lake County Fire Department, John Sanchez. Welcome to the show, sir. Glad to have you. Thanks, Corey. I'm happy to be here, man. So, listen, John, you and I were talking a little bit before we started the show, and, you know, I feel like the world is full of so much scary news. I feel like whenever I turn on the television, all I hear is about a murder and, you know, this death and this and that that's all negative, and I, I can't even let my kids watch TV. And I wanted to have you on to talk about, um, you know, what in the world is 
is positive. You see so many positive things when you're out there as a firefighter. And I just kind of wanted to, to see, you know, with the media, is it is it all negative like that? Or is are there some happy stories that you get to see from time to time? Well, it's definitely uh, not all negative. There, there are both aspects of it. There are some horrible, horrible things that we see out there. And there's also some really good things. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, uh, that are still believe in helping others. And, uh, and those things are really nice to see. Can, can you talk to me about what made you want to become a firefighter? How long have you known that you wanted to do this? I I wanted to be a firefighter forever since, since I was putting band-aids on the furniture as a kid. Um, (laughs) you know, um, I've, I've been wanting to do it forever, and, and I, I'm very, very blessed and thankful that I got the opportunity to do it when I actually grew up. So, How hard know. is that process, John? I mean, as you're going through it, I'm sure there's tons of training and tests that you have to do, not only physical, but you know, mental tests and studying and understanding the human body. Can you talk about that process and, and how that's, that's been, you know, that, that journey? Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough journey, but, um, I felt like when I, when I went through all of my training and stuff, I was, I was well prepared. Um, I was, you know, really sharp right out of, right out of college being, you know, real sharp and real, uh, real athletic. I wrestled for eight years from high school and college. So when I came out, I was a monster. And, uh, so the, uh, the physical aspect of the training was, was, uh, was not too bad. Um, it was more about the, uh, you know, dealing with life, you know, as, as it goes, you know, it's, it's now that I have, now I have to work and go to school at the same time. And now I have to pay bills and, you know, figure out how, you know, time to study. And right. uh, so that was the most challenging aspect of it. Not, not necessarily the actual studying and the actual, um, physical, um, um, part of it, but it was more, um, more of the balancing life, you know, with school. Sure. And now, of course, you have a whole bunch of new things, little tiny things to balance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about your family life and how that's been. I, You are a proud dad of, I believe it's four, right? Three. 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 Oh, well, see, yeah. I lost count, you know, in between you and me. <laughs> we've both got, we've both, I've got my third on the way, as you know. And right. uh, mm-hmm. so things are crazy. But with your three kids, how has it, how has it been that that's got to be a huge life shift for you? Um, but, you know, also at the same time, your schedule, uh, I, f- I forget how firefighters do it. Is it 24 on 48 off? Is that right? Yeah, that's the way I do mine. Okay. Yep. And so how does that work with the kids? How are you able to be a, a present father, um, you know, while you're still doing your, your career there? Well, um, I think it's good and bad. Um, on the, on the good aspect, you know, I, I leave in the morning and I'm gone all day. And when the kids go to bed at night, I'm still working. So in that aspect, you know, I'm getting 24 hours done in a day when most people are getting eight done, eight or nine done. Mm. So, uh, in that aspect, it's really good because then I, I can come home and have two days off or, um, be available to go pick up some other work or, or, um, you know, things of that nature, but I can, um, it's been good as far as, as, uh, now that Ashley's home, I actually get to see everybody when, when, uh, I come home from work and I get to spend the whole day with everybody and I get to take my son to school and pick him up from school. And, you know, like tonight I get to take him to t-ball practice and my daughter's going to dance and my, you know, I'm watching my, my little one running around in circles. It's, it's been, it's been really, really nice. I love the schedule. I think it's awesome. Well, that's great. And I think that, you know, your priorities are obviously in the right place because spending that quality time with your family is so very important. And that's what we talk about here on, you know, Real Iron Dad. We talk about 
not only, you know, focusing on your career or focusing on your athletics, but also understanding that, you know, men nowadays are a 50-50 partner and we have to change diapers and we have to feed the kids and we have you to know it. take care of them. I mean, do you guys <laughs> mm-hmm. do that 50-50 thing as well? Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, thank, thank goodness I have my, my wife that helps me out because, uh, without her, I couldn't do any of it. So, um, but you know, I definitely do my fair share. I do, you know, I do the laundry. I change the nasty diapers. I bathe the kids when all the floaty things are floating around in the the tub, you know, that's my job. I I do the nasty stuff and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, I, uh, (laughs) I, I, I wear it like a badge. So what's your what's your favorite thing to do with the kids is it wrestling is it you know playing around do you put them in submission holds from your old high school college or you know college <laughs> days what, what do you do what's your favorite thing to do with the kids man the kids love to wrestle they, they, they like to run at me and and knock me down and uh you know shoot webs from their from their you know little spider-man hands <laughs> at me and that's it's you know it's basically roughhousing man the kids love to just mess around me too silly we have a game where we try to take off each other's socks. Uh, whoever whoever <laughs> has the most socks remaining is the winner, and it's a great roughhousing, you know, thing to do. That's a, a bonding opportunity as well. So we love that. And I I love performing professional wrestling moves like from the WWE on my children. I feel like that's fun. Um, oh yeah, my son knows the people's elbow very well. Oh nice. See, I'm I'm more of a power bomb type of guy. Oh, there you so, go. <laughs> you know, Diesel from back in the day. Yeah, but um, well, cool. So you know, funny we can transition from wrestling and uh, you know submission holding our kids into kid safety. I I wanted to talk about kid safety, and in all seriousness, nowadays it, it's become a little a, a little you know worrisome to have your kids even playing out in the front yard because. You know, you hear about child abductions and, you know, kidnappings and just stuff like that. It's a scary world out there. And although we can't live our lives in fear, I think there's some things we can do as parents and we can instill in our kids to make sure that they stay safe. So as a firefighter, what what type of things would you recommend for parents and for kids to, to stay as safe as possible? Um, well, one of the, the big things that we talk about is having a plan. So in, in, in case of any emergency, there's some, some basic things that, that everybody should know. And that's, you know, names and phone numbers and addresses of, uh, people that can be in contact with to help. So, you know, like kids knowing their, their parents, you know, full names and a phone number and maybe even their address, depending on how old they are. Um, when I was a kid, my mom had us sing songs to remember them Mm. and, um, that was always helpful. And then um, secondly is to have a plan. Let's say there's an emergency at your house. You know, maybe the kid needs to learn how to dial 911. You know, if, if, you're, if your child can dial 911, they will come out. You know, even if they can't really explain or have the words to say what exactly is going on, at least they can call 911 and say, we need help, and they will send somebody. So that's also a very good um, um, safety uh, thing to have. You know, and third, and third will be to have an emergency plan, an evacuation plan. If the house is on fire, if it start, begins to flood, or you know, heaven forbid, a, a you know, a car going down the street runs into your house, you know, you need to have a plan in order to get everybody out safe, everybody secure, and everybody accounted for. Right. You know, um, you know, uh, as a kid, we, we would meet by the mailbox. Well, what if the mailbox, you know, was no longer there for some ungodly reason? Well, you go to the neighbor's house. 
you know, um, uh, things like that are, um, I think essential in, uh, in safety for kids and safety for the whole family. Sure. You, know, you can you throw the pets in there if you need to, you know, absolutely. Make sure everybody gets out. How do you help a younger kid? I mean, my son is four and my daughter's six. I feel like my daughter at six years old would be able to dial 911 and understand what's, you know, what the gravity is of, of doing that and what's going to happen. But my four-year-old, you know, how do you teach them the difference? Do you have any tips on teaching them, you know, what an emergency is versus, you know, somebody just fell down the stairs? I mean, I, I, I don't mean to say somebody fell down the stairs and that's more serious, but, you know, let's say that, you know, his sister trips and, and falls and just scrapes her knee. And you don't, you don't need to call 911 for that. How do we explain that to our young children? Well, that, that's, that's really tough, man. I have a four-year-old too, and, and some things, some things stick and a lot of things just, just, you know, slip right off of them. So, uh, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I definitely understand the struggle there. Um, but I, I guess, um, you can say if you are, if you're trying to talk to mommy and daddy and they can't talk back to you, then you should call 911. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. That that makes a lot of sense because when somebody's non-responsive, of course, that's a serious issue, and we want to right. get that going. Right, because if we're you know a four a four year old, we can say, hey, go get daddy's cell phone and dial nine one one. You know, if you can say it, but if you can't say it, that's really when you need um, the kid to be able to do that. One of the only situations I could think of, other than you know, kind of a heart heart attack situation or something like that, would be choking you know what if what if the parent's choking <laughs> is there anything that the child can do i don't think the child can perform the heimlich but you know the adult can maybe find a chair and and do it that way uh um but uh that would be another situation where it's still it would be good for the child to call 911 so absolutely good absolutely stuff. and um uh, a special um uh, a kind of a special circumstance but we see it more and more nowadays um is, uh, you know, obesity and, and diabetics. A lot of times uh, the two of them go hand in hand and uh, a child will have a parent that's diabetic. And, you know, if the parent takes too much of their medication and their sugar drops and bottoms out, they can become unresponsive. And that can be a serious um, issue in somebody's house. You know, a kid could be there, you know, two, three, four years old alone with mom and dad and mom is out, mm. you know, and that would be a, a, a definite reason to call 911. So... Now with mom out, you know, let's, I want to transition into CPR, you know, talking okay. about someone who has passed out. Um, I, I feel like I've heard a lot about CPR, the evolution of CPR. It used to be, you know, you see the kid in Sandlot. Yeah, have you seen Sandlot? Oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, the lifeguard <laughs> saves a little kid and of course he's mm-hmm. joking around just so he can kiss her. But right. you know, that's, that's CPR to me. You're breathing in the mouth, you're pumping the chest. Um, mm-hmm. How has CPR evolved today? Well, uh, you're exactly right where, um, you know, CPR, you know, you'd you start with what they call the precordial thumb. You'd punch them right in the chest is how it began just to get that initial shot. Um, and from then on, you know, they realized that that doesn't really work. <laughs> and so they did the, uh, you know, the 30 and two, you know, 30 compressions to two breaths. And uh, now um, for, for non-rescuer CPR, they are teaching hands-only CPR. They're hmm. uh, emphasizing the importance of on not stopping chest compressions. That okay. is the most important thing um, is to not stop the chest compression. Cause the, the heart is like a pump and it, with a, with a pump, you have to prime it. And every time you stop doing your compressions, you're going to lose your prime on your pump. So, um, so they are uh, definitely pushing that. And if you think about it, you're pushing in and out on somebody's chest, air is going to go in and out. So um, 
you know, you are getting a little bit of uh, ventilation as far as uh, breathing goes. So do you eliminate the breathing through into their mouth altogether? Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. For, uh, for uh, non-rescuer CPR. Yeah. It's just hands only CPR. Call 911, get, you know, get the chain of survival going and chest compressions, chest compression, push hard and fast. That's what they tell you. Wow. And then with the pumping of the chest, once they do regain consciousness, is it, are there things to look out for? I mean, could the, the person possibly vomit? Do you need to stay clear? That kind of thing? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, if if you get to the situation where you check somebody, they don't have a pulse, and you do CPR, and they come back, um, still call 911 because you don't know the underlying issue of why they went into cardiac arrest, uh, first of all. Secondly, uh, when they come back, they can either remain comatose, unconscious, or they can they can you know spring up, depending on the reason for their cardiac arrest um if they become nauseated you do not want them to um, breathe in vomit so you want to roll roll them on their side um there there are so many different um scenarios that can go along with it and uh it just you know the the main thing is to call 911 and get professionals there that can stabilize the patient right um, you know, I loved what you said about singing songs to remember, you know, your phone number, address, and parents' names. And those are three things that I think every kid should know. Your your phone number or a parent's phone number, an address, and then your parents' names. Is do you remember any of the songs that you did when you were a kid? Oh yeah. For sure. Oh my yeah. you can you can you like recite one or how they went just to like give the parents an example? You don't have to sure. sing it if you don't want to, but uh, I'll sing it. I'm, I'm not scared. Good, go for it. <laughs> um, my address was one one four Dapple Gray, one one four Dapple Gray, one one four Dapple Gray, Bell Canyon, California. <laughs> so just like that, sing songy man, and and it stuck. I mean, I still remember it. So. I love it. I remember. I I learned the months of the year in you know first or second grade or something mm-hmm. like that, and I still have that song down. So that's that's great. Well, thank you for uh, going out on the limb there and singing that for us, John. I appreciate. You know. Um, Okay, so you talked about obesity and diabetics, and you know sometimes they're related. Um, Sometimes adult, you know, onset diabetes can be caused from a a rough diet or maybe a Mm -hmm. a different lifestyle. But then there's also folks that are born with diabetes, you know, type one versus type two. Um, You know, the calls, the majority of the calls that you see, can you talk about those? Are they are they you know necessarily caused by obesity or diabetes, or are they strictly cardiac arrest? What is the majority of the calls that you see? Uh, there's a spectrum. Um, you know, uh, in, in the emergency medical field, we have, um, illness and trauma. So trauma being injury and illness being, you know, anything to do with the body, um, you know, pathophysiology type stuff. Um, uh, as far as the illnesses go, uh, uh, heart disease is, is huge in this country. There is, uh, an enormous amount of heart disease. And even if we get called to a, to a call that has nothing to do with the heart, a lot of times we find out that they have some sort of cardiac issue along with it. So, you know, whether it, whether it's a, an arrhythmia or, you know, they think they have an upset stomach and they're ending up having a heart attack. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it, it, it really is a full spectrum, but, um, yeah, uh, cardi- cardiac disease, um, vascular disease, which uh, you know is is a is a definitely a precursor to cardiac and uh, 
strokes of CVAs and you know the like. So sure, it, there is definitely a spectrum. A lot of a lot of diabetics, a lot of people are uneducated on how to handle their their diabetes. Um, you know, a lot of people will will eat a whole bunch of then will say, well, I, you know, I ate twice as much, so I'm going to take twice as much insulin. And then they Ooh. just, you know, they bottom out, you know, and that happens quite a bit. Ooh. So, you know, it's a, it's a lack of education, I think, that, um, that causes a lot of the, the 911 calls nowadays. What, uh, what steps can people take? You know, how, how do you live your life as far as diet and uh, stuff? Obviously here at Iron Dad, we are plant-based and we do a lot of fresh fruits and veggies, stuff like that. Um, you personally, when you're, you and Ashley are making dinner for the kids, do you guys think a lot about the fruits and veggies and the fresh whole foods or do you guys do a lot of processed stuff? How, how do you, how do you do it? I'm sure you're conscious about it, right? Uh, we're definitely conscious about it. Um, you know, we live a, a very busy lifestyle, which is no excuse for, you know, uh, eating poorly, but, uh, you know, we, we do try to make sure that we get a, you know, a protein, a vegetable and a carb in every meal. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing too, too bad for you. We kind of try to limit, you know, the amount of times that we eat out. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that, that we are, um, as clean eating as we would like to be. Sure. But, well, uh, hey, there's but always it's room definitely, for, yeah. oh yeah, there's always room Absolutely. for improvement. So it's all good. And I think that being conscious about it and, you know, showing your kids that you're, uh, thinking about that stuff is a good example and, uh, and that's what it's all about, doing the best job that we can. You know, nobody's perfect. And I think when it comes to diet, we, our job as parents, especially parents with busy schedules, I've got, you know, a son that's got soccer practice, I've got a new baby, and then I've also got a girl that's got dance competition and stuff. So when you're driving them all over town and stuff like that, it is tough. But I try, you know, some of the recipes that we have on the website are, you know, just for that, they are, what are the emergency situations that you can come home and cook a meal in five minutes and not have to go through the McDonald's drive-thru, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we, we try to avoid, actually, we do avoid that at all costs. We do not do fast food at all. And I I know that everybody's a little different. Some people do, and there's some things at McDonald's, you know, like I know for breakfast, there's a uh, you know, the potato hash browns, of course, they're fried, but then we also get, um, there's oatmeal that we can do from time to time. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A now is doing the grilled nuggets and, you know, so there's, there are things that are, that are better choices. I'll see, but I try to make, I try to make the better choices, but <laughs> see, but Chick-fil-A has got, you know, that's meat. I can't, I can't, uh, support oh, yeah, yeah, that. Right. you know how absolutely. that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just messing with you. But, uh, <laughs> so listen, um, we talked about the two things that uh, you know every kid should know. We talked about the most common calls that you see, kid safety, CPR. Uh, and now it's time for you, John. I want you to share, if you would be so kind, to share a, a story that kind of touched you. A story, obviously, you don't have to share names and get into details just because of HIPAA mm-hmm. laws. But right. you know, what, what kind of uh, story in your six years of doing this has, has really changed you? Um, well, there, there's, a, there's so many, man. I mean, uh, just, just on a, on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, man, there's, there's new ones, new ones coming every, you know, all the time. Um, I think, I think one of the, uh, I think one of the big ones that kind of, kind of solidified, um, my job here in, and, uh, you know, in the, in the fire service and, and wanting to go on and be a paramedic with the fire department and the whole thing was, um, 
one of my, I guess it was my, my second vehicle extrication. Um, when I got on the department, um, we had just, um, ran a cardiac arrest call in which I was covered in blood and, uh, mm. we were just, you know, just cleaning up all of our equipment and getting ready. And then we get a call for a, uh, a vehicle accident with a, um, a box truck, kind of like a, uh, like a U-Haul truck mm. that, uh, uh, rolled over and hit a concrete, um, light pole. So, uh, we were responded to that call and, um, you know, so I had to, I had to take off my t-shirt, which was covered in blood and then put on my sweatshirt and put them, put it on all my bunker gear. And we head to this call and, um, we get on scene and then there's a, there's a, uh, a box truck and it had, it had gone, gone back upright and there's a guy kind of hanging out of it and, um, and he's awake and screaming and hurt and stuck. He is unable to get out of the car, and uh, so we bring in the cavalry. We have everybody coming, um, uh, multiple trucks, a couple of special operations vehicles, um, you know, everybody. And then uh, to see how everybody worked together, and and me being a probie, you know, take you know learning how to take direction well. And uh, my job was to hold this guy's leg together. You know, mm. um, I, I it was my job to make sure that that the hanging part of his leg was held up and that I was keeping pressure on it so that he wouldn't lose too much blood. And that was, that was my job. And, uh, you know, I, so I was holding, holding this guy's leg and everybody working around me and seeing how everybody worked and the different techniques and, um, the strategies and, uh, the, uh, the excitement and the adrenaline that, that was running and, um, the whole thing, uh, to see it all come together and eventually us eventually getting them out and, um, and onto a helicopter to be transported to Orlando for major surgery. Uh, just that, that experience was, um, uh, incredibly enlightening for me, mm-hmm. you know, to see like, oh, okay, well, this is why I'm doing this for Did things you... like this, because, you know, who else, is, who else is going to cut a guy out of a, out of a, out of a truck that's wrapped around him? Right. You know, who else is going to do it? So it, it was pretty, uh, pretty eye-opening and, and unique to see that that's what makes you a hero dad it was awesome so. um john did you ever get a chance to follow up with some of the folks that you help rescue and you know find out how they're doing well uh the fun the the, the bad thing about about the job is that a lot of times we don't get to follow up right um a, a lot of times uh when we run these critical calls and and uh you know you kind of want to know what happened and you know, um, and you don't get that information a lot of the times. Um, you know, my department, we don't, we don't transport to the hospital. We have a, a private transport company or especially if we're flying them out, you know, we, we really don't hear a whole lot from them, but occasionally we hear. And, uh, it's nice to know that, um, you know, in an instance, you know, if you, if you call a stroke alert and, you know, fly the patient down to, down to Orlando to, to get, um, uh, better care, you know, and, and to hear, Oh yeah, well they were having a major bleed and they were able to stop it. That's, that's nice. Mm. That's, that's, it really is rewarding. And, and honestly, you don't get, you don't get that, that feedback very often. So, sure. you know, when you, when, when we do, it's very appreciated. Do kids write notes to the station just saying, you know, thank you and stuff like that. Sometimes man. It, and it's, it's nice. You know, like a lot of times at, at Christmas and stuff, we'll have, uh, you know, the neighbors come by and, you know, say thank you for your service and, you know, write notes and, and uh, do all that. So it, it is really nice and we appreciate it. And, you know, sometimes they even bring us cookies. So it's nice. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Well, listen, our, our motto here at Iron Dad is go the extra mile for your family. And that is something that you definitely do, you know, taking all day to, to work and save lives and contribute to our Central Florida community. And then also to come home and understand that, you know, that time with your kids is time to cherish and, and your wife, you know, being a good husband as well is, is just so important. So I can't thank you enough. It's hard to be a good dad without being a good husband. That's for sure. Husband first and uh, a dad second. Absolutely. uh, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us. I hope that uh, you continue to do amazing work over at Lake County Fire Rescue and uh, hope you get to slowly move up the ladder over the years and, uh, you know, maybe one day you'll be running the show somewhere. Hey, who knows? Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for the time, John. Uh, Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your journey end here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. We've got even a YouTube channel for you, so feel free to go check us out. Again, that's leangreendad.com. And hey, keep doing great things for others and definitely keep going that extra mile for your family. See you next week, guys.